All right, welcome back to the emergency goalies. I was going to do a show when Michael was in London, but I couldn't find anyone to that had time to guest host, so I thought it would be better just not to do a show. And we actually have a lot of news that has piled up in a couple of weeks we've been off, so I guess we'll get to the... Well, I'll say the big news is Jonathan Taves has returned as we thought he might for the end of the year. And his status is definitely up in the air about retirement at the end of the season. But I guess it's good to see him back for at least a couple of games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's back a little bit sooner than I had anticipated. I kind of thought that there was no way that he wouldn't miss those final two home games in the uh, the last week of the season and thought maybe he'd return um, on this current road swing, like maybe in the upcoming Vancouver and Seattle games. But he actually came back last weekend against New Jersey. And, you know, he kind of looks like the guy he was you know, a little before he stepped away. Um, the endurance certainly isn't there. I don't know if it's necessarily a reflection of his health or just the fact that he's not in mid-season game shape right now. Um, but, you know, he's managing, and that's kind of what I expected. They they started him off on kind of a lower line, and he's eventually kind of worked his way back up to the top line center. <laughs> um but you know he's taking short shifts. They're not, they're not overly stressing him, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's playing pretty smart, um, which is Jonathan Taves hockey. So it, uh, you know, certainly nice to have him back in the lineup. Um, you know, in his absence and with the injury to Kurashev, mm-hmm. uh, the Blackhawks have kind of made a uh, emergency move of. Andreas Athanasiu to first line center, yeah. Um, which, uh, yeah, um, I think uh, is kind of indicative of where this roster is right now. And yeah, right. you know, just uh, uh, he's going to, Dave's is going to have his send off here in these uh, next week at the UC. And I assume there'll be pretty big crowds. Um welcoming him and saying goodbye yep and i mean that's the stuff about retirement and stuff it's just we'll see i mean yeah we don't know i don't think he knows i i I think i'm sure he still wants to play but you know i i I think at some point he's got to have a realistic uh, assessment of whether or not his body can withstand 81 games year in year out anymore or even even or even just one more year Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, in the little bit he's talked since he came back, you know, he's mentioned the grind of the NHL schedule and the travel. And, you know, he was talking about that, you know, a lot over the last couple of years. So I just, it, it is a, it's a brutal schedule and, you know, he's having trouble getting through the regular season. You know, if he went to a contender next year, can he honestly say to himself that, you know, I'm going to be able to play, you know, even 70 games during the regular season and then have enough left to compete at a playoff level 
for, you know, five, 10, you know, games or whatever. It's, that's tough. Um, So yeah, well, we're, we're going to see. Yeah. And of course I'll just say it's for these guys, all they've known is playing hockey. So it's a very hard thing to come to terms with. Yeah. Not be able to do it anymore. And I'm sure he still loves it. And I'm sure there are still games where he feels like himself and he can go out there and compete at a level that he is satisfied with. Um, And so I'm sure that those instances are tough when, you know, a week later he struggles to get out of bed (laughs) and, um, you know, it's uh, every athlete has to come to terms with that eventually. It's just unfortunate for Taves that it's coming a lot younger than I'm sure he had anticipated. Yes. And I guess also we should add the Blackhawks, as we talked about, you know, at the start of the season, things were going to get pretty bad at the end of the year. And despite a kind of shocking win over the Flames last night, it's been very bad play for the Blackhawks of late. They've really been on a rough patch. Yeah, I mean, they had lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games, twelve games in a row, or something like that, prior to the Calgary game. It's all um, those, um, you know, law of averages. You got to win one eventually, type of situation. Yeah. And, you know, as I was looking at it uh, this past weekend, kind of assessing the last five or six games for the bottom handful of teams here, uh, I am a little worried that the Blackhawks seem to have the easiest opponents remaining. Um, The Calgary game, uh, obviously, then, uh, I mean, they play Vancouver, Pittsburgh's flailing a little bit. Philadelphia is not playing for anything anymore. Uh, the other teams that the Blackhawks are competing against, you know, are playing a, a few more first place teams in that. Um, and none of them play each other. So there's no, you know, they can't not, you know, so it's the, the one saving grace is the Blackhawks do have, did have four of their final six on the road. Mm-hmm. but it obviously yeah. didn't affect the outcome last night with Calgary, who the Blackhawks have beaten three times this year. <laughs> Just, yeah. I can't, I can't uh, explain that other than Calgary is kind of a bigger, more physical team and the Blackhawks move their feet pretty well and compete pretty hard. And That's pretty embarrassing for Calgary. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the, Calgary entered the game two points behind Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. With Winnipeg and they're playing Winnipeg tonight. Yeah, I mean, they they could have tied Winnipeg last night and then put themselves into the playoffs. Uh, you know, tonight with a win against the Jets, and uh, they just played sloppy, lazy hockey for about uh, about two thirds of the game last night. If they miss the playoffs now, they're good. they have nowhere else to look but the Blackhawks. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they showed up for about 15 minutes in the second period, and then they made another push in the final five minutes. Other than that, they were low energy, bad turnovers, weak plays along the boards. 
And the Blackhawks compete hard enough. They skate well enough where if you make sloppy plays like that, they can take advantage. Because I've talked about it a few times. They've got guys that can shoot the puck. They just don't have anybody that can create on their own. If you play good structural hockey against the Blackhawks, they don't have anybody that's going to, you know, make plays and set up their teammates for empty net. Yeah, and, you know, open looks and stuff like that. They just they don't have that kind of talent. But if you give them space, they have guys that can finish, and yeah. that's what we saw. Yep. So I guess yeah, there's the other big issue I think we have to talk about, which was a, um, a couple weeks ago was really big, right after our last show. And I mean, I was worried about this the whole season, and but the Blackhawks absolutely butchered the gay pride celebration. They just did an awful, awful job with it. Canceling wearing the pride jerseys. And it, you one of the things you worried was coming, but they really did blow it. Yeah. You know, I missed um, a lot of the conversation around that. Um, that. Those events took place while I was out of the country. And I just, you know, I wasn't paying a lot of attention at that point, but, you know, I certainly noticed what was happening. And yeah, definitely disappointment there, um, especially considering, you know, I, I want to say it was a few weeks earlier, Connor Murphy had come out in an interview and said, yeah, we intend to wear them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like post trade deadline with some of the new player acquisitions, a couple of new Russian players mm-hmm. being added that it may have changed the um, dressing room attitude towards it. I don't know. Tough to say, um, but yeah, not not only is it disappointing the players chose not to do it, I'm disappointed with the Blackhawks handling of it as well. Yes. It was one of those um, things, too, where we were just like, and the players obviously said that they weren't consulted before they canceled, but then you're like, did they really, or is, they, is that just covering up for them? You know what I mean? But yeah about did they but yeah it's just the whole thing it's it's just ugly and you know it it's just one of those things where if somebody wants to sit out mm-hmm. and make that kind of personal statement fine let them <laughs> it's warm-ups who cares yes <laughs> um, it's like not going to affect their game mm-hmm. like um, the sharks what did the sharks said James Reimer, and, yeah, yeah, and which is like that guy. If you really want to be that yeah. kind of person, then own it. Yeah, yeah. If you want to let those guys own that, fine. I let them. Um, I just, yeah, it's you know, just one more or PR thing for the Blackhawks and disappointing response from ownership. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just. I wish they could, you know, move past all of this. That and and, I, but, and, and a side note, the whole league, they just got to do better on this kind of stuff. Just, yeah, you know, it was it was just kind of like diminishing returns as all of these Pride Nights came up, but where it was like at the beginning, all the teams were kind of doing it right, it seemed like, and if there was a player who didn't want to participate, they let them not do it, and then... 
It was like once somebody came up with a decent excuse, the next team used that same excuse. And then there was pushback against that. And so another team found, a well, the Blackhawks essentially said, oh, we're going to do it. We're not going to do it because of the Russian laws or whatever excuse. And then like the next night, another team made the exact same excuse. And it was just uh, compounding excuses, uh, you know, and it was just like, ah, this is just, it's ugly. Yeah, and, I want like, to point out the one team, the Seattle Kraken, did it right. And they really stood out from everyone else that they handled it very well. And it shows that you can do it. Yeah. Go Kraken. Yes. We're a pro Kraken podcast here. Whether you are or not, I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I didn't make it to Pride Night with the. At, the Kraken uh, facility, but um, I have been able to attend a few few games this month and or over the last month. And yeah, I I definitely enjoy going to games there. And at least so far, the that that team has handled pretty much everything relatively well. So it's it's not a surprise to me that they handle Pride Night well. Yeah, but as we always say in this podcast, hockey culture, you know, it's got to change. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's, and I mean, I will say there has been limited progress. There has been some progress since, you know, I first really started following hockey in the 90s, but uh, I mean, that's 30 years ago and there hasn't been enough progress. And it's, yeah, it's disheartening that we're still having something as simple as this um, become an issue at this point. So I guess the, all we can do as fans is, you know, seek out the players that do the right thing and say the right thing and push and them. applaud the teams who do it right, right. too. Yeah. Exactly. And call out the ones that don't. Yep. So including the Blackhawks, who we will absolutely always call out. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I guess we, we will switch now to the, upcoming schedule there's what five six games left five games left yeah um for this week it's going to be a pretty busy schedule uh they're finishing up their uh western road swing here with a game against the canucks on thursday and then they finish up uh against the seattle on saturday um, a game i will be attending woo and um I, st- I still haven't decided just how hard I'm going to be rooting for the crack or rooting for both teams, or that's going to be a weird one. Yes. Um, last year, it was easy to root for the Blackhawks. This year, uh, I might have to root for the crack, and I don't know. It'll be tough. Um, and then uh, next week, they've got a back-to-back uh, home and away against Minnesota and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Seattle, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, in theory, those are three tough games, mm-hmm. uh, especially with three games and four nights. Um, but like I said, Pittsburgh's kind of up and down. Um, Seattle can score a lot of goals, but they're vulnerable on any given night because their goaltending isn't very good. Yes. Um, but Minnesota's obviously a good team. So, you know, there's a pretty good chance that they go over. For three out of those games but you know the vancouver game tomorrow night 
and yeah. then Philadelphia at home the final night of the season. That's uh, I'm a little <laughs> that one as far as the tank goes. So, I mean, the one thing you can always say is the way the uh, Blackhawks are constructed right now, they're the massive underdog in every game. So. Yeah, I you know I said it earlier in the podcast. If you play the right way against the Blackhawks and actually, you know, try and play well structurally, you're going to hold them to two goals or, or under. Yes, barring weird puck luck or just a completely bad night by your goaltender. Yeah. Um. And so, if you can avoid those two things against the Blackhawks, you're pretty much assured of winning but that's not a you know as we saw against calgary if you don't want to show up the blackhawks will skate hard enough to make it hard on you and you know i mean calgary played poorly and the blackhawks played one of their better games in the last month or two and blackhawks still only managed to win by a goal you know so they're not going to blow anybody out um you know, with the exception of the, the the weird game against Boston, I still don't know where the heck that came from. That was ridiculous, but um, that, that really felt like a Bruins just didn't. Oh, I mean, the Bruins definitely didn't show up, but uh, they're so wildly more talented than the Blackhawks, where they probably could have played at eighty percent and yeah, still true. won. But it was there was weird stuff that happened in that game on top of. Bruins just not trying but yeah you know hopefully all of these teams play with a purpose um like I said the the, the Philadelphia game is the one that worries me the most though because that's at home last game of the season I'm sure the Flyers are just going to want to get their season over with the Blackhawks have shown no let up in their intensity level so my guess is the Blackhawks especially with it potentially being Taves's last game um UC is probably going to have a, a lot of energy for yeah. a game that is, you know, <laughs> uh, what should be completely meaningless as far as fan interest, but obviously won't be. And so, um, that's yeah, gonna, that's... I was going to ask, it'll probably be a lot of it too determined on what exactly the final standings look like, like for number one pick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously, the other teams that the Blackhawks are competing against can do uh, the Blackhawks some favors by winning some games over this next week. And those teams have certainly been doing that. Um, uh, The Blackhawks have been the worst team over these last few weeks. It's just they had a little bit of ground to make up, so to speak, and they finally did it. But the other aspect of this is... The Blackhawks are going to lose, are likely going to lose the tiebreaker against any of them. So they actually have to finish with the least amount of points, not just tied with them. And that tiebreaker is uh, wins, essentially. Um, And the Blackhawks have the most wins out of all those teams. So, you know, unless those teams actually win a couple of games here, uh, yeah. uh, uh, it looked good going into last night, let's just say, but last night kind of changed the equation. I mean, the Blackhawks were two points behind or ahead, I guess you could say, of uh, the Blue Jackets and uh, the Ducks. But 
with the win, they went into a three-way tie, but the Blackhawks actually dropped to third, essentially, from yeah. first to third. So that's that's definitely a factor that needs to... Yeah. And the percentage is like, was it 18% for first? Was it 14 for second? What's the... Well, the first pick... Well, uh, the worst record actually gets like a 25% chance um, when you factor in... Um, the, like the the one percent chance that each of like the twelve through sixteen teams have, okay. um, but yeah, the actual f- worst record gets like an eighteen percent chance, but it it, it completely it, it it ends up being about twenty five percent chance because if the twelve through sixteen teams win the lottery, the black or the, the worst record would still get it because those teams can only move up ten spots. Okay. So yeah, that that's the one thing where. that's actually the dream scenario for the team with the worst record is they actually lose the lottery, but still get the first pick. And that would actually still allow them to be eligible the next year to win the lottery again. Oh, whereas if you actually win the lottery this year, you are not eligible the next year. That makes sense. So yeah, that's, that would actually be the dream scenario is to not win the lottery, but still end up with the first pick. But yeah. But there'd only be a four percent chance of that happening. So yeah, it's like four or five percent. Yeah, it's 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 very small, but it it's uh, it it can happen. And you know, the other thing with this is the team with the worst record actually very rarely ends up with the first pick. Yeah. Um, the advantage of having the worst record this year is that the lowest you can pick is third, and there seems to be. The players the, the three players that 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 teams would most likely want um you know and if the blackhawks don't end up finishing with the worst record you know just i would just say take heart in the fact that blackhawks didn't have the worst record when they got came uh they were like sixth they 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 moved up quite a bit when the, in that draft and you know, the Rangers moved up quite a bit to get Lafreniere and, you know, all a, a, a lot of the recent ones. It's been the four, five, six place team that that has moved up. So, well, watch this year be like the number nine team win it. Yeah. I think very well could be. Uh, it's very possible. Um, and, you know, honestly, for um, Dard's sake, that's probably. <laughs> what he's hoping for because it's going to be a significantly better team that isn't hasn't completely crippled their roster so you know if he ends up with a a buffalo or um you know ottawa or something like that um he would be in a much better position so Mm -hmm. obviously we don't we hope that does not happen but you never know you know uh, uh uh, I'm on record. I wouldn't mind if the black if the Blackhawks aren't the one that ends up with them. I I kind of hope it's like the Blue Jackets because they've been consistently <laughs> screwed over in the lottery over the years. They've never gotten a lottery pick, and their franchise is just it, it's been a struggle for them. They just never seem to have any luck. So I wouldn't mind that happening if that's. I'd like the, the Blackhawks to finish with the worst record. I'll, I'm on record as that. That's that's best. But 
you know, if they're not going to win it, I, I'd prefer to see the Jackets win it. Well, at least Edmund can, can't win it this year. So. True, true. Um, I, it, it would be tough to take if the if the Canucks won it. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't like to see that. No, still a little bit of animosity there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other thing is the Blues keep creeping down the standings, and I think they are technically now eligible for the first pick. They've moved out of that twelve to sixteen range and into the like the ninth or tenth slot. So yeah, let's let's not let that happen either. Let's avoid that. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess we'll just we'll be back next week, and we'll probably have a pretty good idea of what the final standings will be by that point. And yeah, I mean, if we record next Wednesday again, it'll just be the final game. So you know, hopefully by that point, the Blackhawks actually have everything wrapped up as far as the worst record. We can hope for that, and then they can go out there and win that final game for Taves if they want. Exactly. All right. Well, on Twitter, you are MJ underscore Ernst. I am SKH 85. You can get the podcast on the Apple podcast app or Spotify. And yeah, there's only a few more games of this real uh, grind of a season left to go. And then we'll get on to that uh, fun lottery. But as always, uh, go Blackhawks.